I love comics, but I've seen a lot of hesitation about them. I know there is more to comic books than what meets the eye, and I want to learn about and share all this medium has to offer. That's why I decided to get a group of friends who don't share my taste or opinions to help me experience it all. Together, we want to share what we find with every type of reader out there. So, listen up, nerds and future nerds. It's time for the VF Comics Podcast. Before we get started today, I wanted to acknowledge something that has made the last couple of weeks very difficult. Sadly, my mother-in-law has passed away. Due to her love of animals, especially dogs, we are asking everyone to please donate what they can to the Humane Society of Pulaski County in her name, Monique Tyhurst. Monique, thank you for your daughter who supports me in everything that I do. The world will be more difficult for all of us without a stalwart defender like you. We already miss you very much. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to the VF Comics Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus, and this week with me I have Meg. Hello. And Mallory. Hi. So to start out, I just want to start with a bit of news. It doesn't really require a lot of conversation, and it is about an upcoming Kickstarter for a graphic novel called Hanthology. Since last year, an artist by the name of Jeremy Hahn has been slowly releasing short stories as a way to cope with the pandemic. So every couple of weeks, uh, patrons on his Patreon received a new short story. With a history at some of the largest comic publishers such as Marvel, DC, IDW, Oni, Wildstorm, and Top Cow, it's no surprise that there's a big demand for a collection of these stories that he has made independently. He's also done some art for Red Hood, Batwoman, Outsiders, The Realm, and The Beauty. So those are all books you should definitely check out that have his name on them. But I'm going to let his words sell what he's trying to do. So, according to him, As much as I love telling stories about the superheroes we all know and love, my heart is really in creating my own worlds, telling my own stories like The Beauty, The Realm, and The Red Mother. Over the past year and a half, the pandemic changed our world. It was a tough time for us all. The comics industry went pencils down, leaving writers and artists without work. Projects were put on hold. Schedules changed in big ways. Plans had to change. Like so many of us, that was tough for me, both in my personal life and on a global scale. Uncertainty reigned. I went from an overfull schedule to having to reevaluate everything. I realized that for me, the thing that truly keeps me tethered is telling stories, making things. And that's how Hauntology was born. Now, I'll admit, when I first saw this, I thought it was Hauntology. 
Yeah, and I thought it was like a spooky (laughs) collection, and that grabbed my attention because I like spooky things, all the spooks. And when I looked into this, this just is an independent writer artist who has worked and done some amazing work for big companies putting out their own content. And so this is what he's been doing for the last year. And so he's decided to go to Kickstarter, which I'll have a link on Facebook that you can check out, where you can go and order or you know pre-order back this collection of stories in a graphic novel format. So Hauntology will launch exclusively on Kickstarter on July 6th, but you can go ahead and follow the link on our site to bookmark it right now. Can I ask questions? Yeah, what you, uh, I don't I don't know anything about it to be honest with you. Okay, okay, that, that was yeah. <laughs> I, I went I went to look, and only his Patreons got mm-hmm. to look and see these short stories ahead of time, so they may have the individual oh, gotcha. issues and stuff. And he even now you can buy on uh, one of his art pages, and I'll find that link too. A zine that is a preview of some of his work. He's put out a zine for three dollars. Uh, that I found, so I'll add that link as well. Um, but I personally why haven't sp- read it yet. Why is this specifically something that you you thought sounded interesting? Like, why did you? Oh, think like I told you, I thought it said haunt. I thought it was haunt. <laughs> that's that's the reason. <laughs> that was the reason. I mean, yeah. Like it was, I saw an article, it said haunt, and I was just like, oh, cool. And then I clicked it, and then because it was like a collection from an artist that they worked on uh-huh. independently, I went ahead and read through it. It was just like, oh, this looks incredible. This looks there is a spook this bias looks on this. Looking amazing. Yes, he is an incredible artist. His work on Batwoman is, is beautiful. Oh my god! And some of it you should, if you find some of his art pages that he has online, his style. He is an incredible artist. It's like a skull Cthulhu bat. With like a shark, like a oh, cap yeah, on. Oh yeah, that's his <laughs> emblem for the collection. Yeah. yeah. Oh heck yeah! It is. It is beautiful. Okay. I think when you pre-order, you could get some of those uh, stickers because um, a lot of the different. I tiers. want the pen. Ooh, listen the pen. here. I love stickers. Now that you told me there's stickers, okay. <laughs> I'm one hundred percent So I will probably down. just to let you know because I'm a Kickstarter fanatic. I will probably be kickstarting this. So if you would like to, guys, if you'd like to go in, there's probably a package that we can get that includes stickers and pens. If everybody wants to like, but I need my own. Well, then copies. you can go your own. Oh, so. <laughs> but I may be able to fine. get like multiple copies with the Kickstarter. Okay, we can yeah. look at that. We can definitely look at it. I'm going to do something like that and then talk about it and review yeah, it. That'd be really that cool. That would be cool. So for the next thing we want to talk about, this is actually a very adult conversation. We haven't had an adult-specific conversation here at the VF Comics Podcast before. So this is an adult only. I'm marking the episode as having adult content because something I actually had several people online ask me about recently was... If I was going to talk about the controversy of the, quote, heroes don't do that in reference to Batman going down on Catwoman. So this is an adult conversation. If you are not game for adult conversations, you do not want to be listening to this. But I will be marking the episode, like I said. So (laughs) recently, for the R-rated animated series, Harley Quinn... Apparently, Warner Brothers and DC told the writers 
when faced with a situation where Batman would go down on Catwoman, that heroes don't do that. I think every woman (laughs) would disagree that that's what makes (laughs) them a hero. (laughs) Yeah, I have a lot of feelings about that. Um, Supposedly, DC, though, uh, released a statement saying that, uh, yeah, they do. Yes, I mean, they've kind of, they've rocked back and forth. There's been lots of adult content. And one of the first things they had said was I had seen that their opinion was Batman is a marketable, sellable figure. And it's hard to sell somebody, you know, who it's hard to sell to the masses, somebody who does something like that. The problem I have with that statement is that that has not stopped them from doing the same thing especially in a derogatory manner with their female characters. Yes. Um, from what from what yes. I understood that that conversation happened with the writers and the writers said heroes don't do that. And then DC came back and released like a social media statement saying uh yeah, they do, especially Batman. Batman would do that. My source of of news with this which is definitely, you know, TikTok comic book TikTok According to uh, most people and the uh, people, like the female characters that um, Batman has been in a relationship with, Batman is definitely more um, submissive in those relationships. So, like, Selina is just going to tell Batman, look, you're taking care of it now and just going to make him do it. So, yeah, I would say that Batman definitely would... uh, go down on. So I went ahead and pulled up the Hollywood Reporter thing and the co-creator is claiming that it was nixed by oh. DC. Like it, it was like a it DC was thing. A, initially a, and it may be something where like if the, you know obviously this is something where Batman, you know, I think the argument some people would make they're like, "Oh, Batman is a children's character." And it's like, "Okay, by extension, all related characters are children's character." So tell me why Catwoman was a prostitute in Batman Year 1. That doesn't sound child-friendly. Yeah. There, there's this unfortunate opinion that these characters are children's characters and they don't do these sort of things. When comics have been some of the most progressive thing, progressive storytelling that you could find for years. Um, during a time where people didn't want to talk about intense drug use, you had a very intense Green Arrow storyline where his sidekick gets into, I believe, heroin. And they has to deal with the outcome of that. And Batman, for the most part, it's been the 70s since he did anything that probably... How do I put this? Batman's done a lot of messed up stuff, and there's been some crazy stories that I wouldn't necessarily recommend for children. And the most popular Batman stories are not PG stories. Oh, like, no. if you if you were asking people to name, like, the most influential Batman stories of the last 30, 40 years... They're not going to name something that typically that you could recommend to a child. Yeah, my yeah. my favorite Batman stories are the morally gray Batman stories. You know, the Frank Miller series, which is just like sits on that line, in my opinion, of just you know he's not always specifically correct, and so I like that it kind of sits on those lines. Is more entertaining to me. 
And online, I've, there's been a lot of backlash to this when this news came out. And I'm sure DC's been like, kind of like, oh, we just didn't want to put him on a mainstream TV show doing something like that. And from a marketing standpoint, you know, this is something that maybe I can understand. But Harley Quinn is very violent, sexually charged show. But it's weird that in an adults-only series, they were like, no, you can't have Batman uh, doing something like that. And the reason is because of the way we sell Batman. And it's like, last I checked, I saw our Pattinson beating a guy to a bloody pulp. Yeah, exactly. It's this weird... Yeah, I feel like that's a weird... Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's... It, it, there's this weird thing where violence is okay, but sex isn't all, all, at all times. That's always well, been a big problem. Yep. Well, specifically for the male characters. Yes. I mean, yeah, sex sells for the female characters, so they're not afraid to go there. Supreme memes, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah, some good stuff. Oh, my gosh. What was it? Um, one, I, I didn't want to show one I saw was uh, Red Hood does what Batman can't has a whole different meaning now. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my God. So now that we've been talking about books, I want to bring up something I saw this week over at Bleeding Cool. And the article is titled, if you want to look for it yourself, we'll have the link. But you can also go to bleedingcool.com to check out Comics Folk on Comic Book Piracy again. So while searching the internet for what to talk about this week, I stumbled upon this article. It seems, you know, a tweet by a 16-year-old kid exploded because he said, Y'all gotta stop shaming people for watching movies and reading comics on illegal sites. He had... Thousands of likes, retweets, and quotes. And you can see, you can go on their article, they have a lot of their responses to the mentality of this on their site. And it includes everything from support to outrage. I know that there's lots of different kinds of piracy for different kinds of media, so I want to stick to just talking about comics piracy. And I think it's safe to say that each of us have pirated something at some point in our lives. I will not confirm or deny that I've done this sort of thing. But <laughs> in terms of comic book piracy, what are y'all's thoughts about that? About reading books and comics illegally? I actually was thinking about this recently. I feel like um, especially piracy comics and graphic series is a, is becoming a, maybe more prevalent because we're used to getting things right now. And this industry... and doesn't necessarily support like we the way we consume media like on netflix i mean all the streaming services things like that i don't think it necessarily translates over to reading comics um you know even with like subscription services like audible you just can pay this one pretty cheap price and you can read whatever the hell you want i feel like it is harder to get this kind of content unless you're willing to pay for it and even though it may not be that expensive i think that just because of the culture that we've kind of um, created for ourselves. We want it right now. We don't want to have to pay for it. You can't share a family plan for a uh, graphic novel you want to read. Well, and I know I that know. there are some apps out there that have like a rotating and each company like Marvel and DC both have Marvel and DC specific subscriptions that you can do. But you're right, there's this want now, and there's just greater variety than just the big two or what these apps are putting out there. I could definitely understand it. I think my issue comes from 
the fact that I think a lot of people's opinions is they're just like, oh, it's just money to these mega corporations or like with a music artist, you know, to this music artist. But they forget to take into account that there are numerous people who work on it. And honestly, comic writers and artists and inkers and letterers, they are not paid in the way that, you know, Jay-Z is paid. They're closely, they're more, even though they're the, they're the headliners, they're the people building and making it and putting it out there, they're paid more like, maybe not even as good as like Jay-Z's assistance and the people that are helping him put it all together. It, you know, it it's a group effort. And these, yes, I get the corporations, but when these writers and the creators aren't They're getting, not getting royalties. Sell, they're, they're not getting yeah. sales numbers. And so sometimes they could be run out like, oh, this book isn't successful so dc because of the the way issues and stuff like that works out it's not a graphic novel situation series ends because they don't sell anymore and they don't they're not getting royalties like with music and play you know movies and music anytime a movie or is referenced or something like that that the people in it get royalties and those writers and artists are not getting royalties We've already had kind of that conversation with uh, the characters being, you know, shown in movies and things like that with Bucky and the Winter Soldier. And that original artist is not getting the recognition. Yeah, he's not getting the recognition with comic books. It doesn't matter if you get it, you know, get it illegally or not. Yeah, DC is not getting the money for it. But that artist wasn't going to get the money either way. And so it's kind of... Heebie-jeebies. Um, but also yeah. with libraries and things like that, I know that a lot of libraries have apps and things that you can get access to with your library cards. Uh, you know. And that's the alternative I was going to offer. Like, so much now is reprinted in graphic novel format once yeah. it's collected and some issues have come out. If a library doesn't have it, you can most libraries, you can go and ask them to order yeah. this in. Get your name on a list and it comes to you so that you can read it. And I get that you have to wait, but, you know, at least with the library situation, like, they're seeing money for their creations. They're not just getting screwed there. It's, I, I, I'll, I'll say my final stance on it is to somebody who feels this way, you guys stop shaming people for watching movies and reading comics on illegal sites. No, absolutely not. One, because there's more good content out there than anyone could ever take in. So there's always going to be something else to read. There's always going to be more. So you, as an adult and individual, have to draw a line on how much content you're consuming. And two, artists deserve compensation for their work every single time. Yes. That in comics take a lot of organization. And work to put together, especially ones that are coming out sometimes on a monthly or even bi-weekly basis. You just get out of here with that mentality. Uh, you'll never talk me into that you're the good guy in this situation. Yeah. Even though I have had yeah, HBO yeah, cut off not. my internet before. Oh, yeah. I downloaded music. I downloaded uh, TV shows mm-hmm. uh, that I could, like HBO TV shows and things like that that you couldn't get a hold of in like normal situations. I've downloaded software. This was years ago. Let's let's please be uh, years and years, like ten years ago. Um, but yeah, uh, we I think we got 
three or four episodes into True Blood before our internet got cut off and our internet provider called us and said, um, HBO, cut your internet off if you want to cut off. Like, we'll cut it back on now, but if they catch you, like, if your IP address gets connected again, HBO will cut your internet off and you will no longer have service to us. You lost your internet over True The first season. The first season. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know. oh this my god you're fun but the, sure. the books are amazing so you'll never talk it like it was the first season everybody's got their things that they enjoy everybody's what got their things thing? that they enjoy oh you know and uh, you know it's something i have had to come to with terms with with some of my favorite characters and the way they've been sometimes rewritten it's like everybody's got their thing that they enjoy and things that they love um and that's a, that's okay. That's it. That's okay. Over. Um, I I read I read the <laughs> but, books, and the first know. season was really really pretty good. Um, I um, but yeah, like I would have never lost my internet over like the last season. So we're gonna move into our recommendation today. That is both a web comic and has been collected into a graphic novel called "It's Singular yes. Heartstopper." Singular Heartstopper, and it's all right. All one word. Heartstopper. Yay. It's a book about me. Heartstopper, Marcus. I mean, no. So, uh, I'm going to be <laughs> no, real honest with you it's guys. Y'all treat me like the ugly chick mm. in the group. I so, like I'm going to be real honest with you. Um, uh, Meg got me into this series. <laughs> no. It's all Meg's fault. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so, um, it's amazing. She first had me You're read welcome. the graphic novel. And then I found out that the series was a webcomic. And so then, of course, I went and found the webcomic. And proceeded to spend about four hours of my life reading the webcomic and catching myself up. Because we have up to um, volume four, right? Volume four? Volume four in graphic novel form. Um, Yeah, Mm -hmm. which covers Mm -hmm. seasons, I believe, one through five or one through six. Yeah, I I think it's five because I think she just finished six. It's either five or six. And six is not out yet. Um, Six will come out in volume five, which is set to come out in January of 2022. Happy dance. So it's done by Alice Oseman, who is absolutely amazing. And um, while doing my research for all of this, I actually found out that Heartstopper started out as a comic in 2016 that she was doing uh, on Tumblr and a couple of other places, I believe. But it is actually a spinoff of her first book that she did called Solitaire. And in the book Solitaire, Nick and Charlie, who are the main characters in the webcomic, um, are actually in the book. And that book is, uh, if you've read any of Heartstopper, um, it is kind of, it does hit some, some, it does cover mental health. It covers an eating disorder and it definitely covers, you know, high school bullying and things of that nature. But it is a little bit more lighthearted and, um, solitaire is not. Solitaire is not. Solitaire is is a, a little bit darker, a little bit deeper, and so there's a big disclaimer that she has of anybody who's coming from Heartstopper to read Solitaire. Solitaire is not necessarily child-friendly. It is darker. Yep. Um, and then she also has a book that is know. called Nick and Charlie, which actually would be a continuation of After Heartstopper, which she has not finished <laughs> 
So Nick and Charlie is uh, the book is going to come out would finish up the series. So Solitaire kind of is at the beginning or kind of in the middle, and then Heartstopper is telling the story from the beginning of Charlie and Nick, and then Charlie and Nick the book are is going to be at the end of Heartstopper. But anyway, this is definitely um, Happy Pride, everybody, because Nick and Charlie are a um, LGBTQ couple. They're absolutely adorable. It is um, a slicing of slice of life, coming of age, graphic novel, graphic, I guess I should say. Um, uh, she does a really good job, in my opinion, of uh, capturing what uh, high school, uh, not in America, uh, it's British high school. I believe it's British. What, what they consider, it's secondary school. It's not high school. But yeah, it's it's really great. I've enjoyed it so much. Uh, she did uh, just pause uh, producing new uh, episodes right now for uh, Webtoons because and, and the other for Tumblr and Tapas as well because she just took a break to concentrate on the Netflix series that is going to be coming out about Heartstopper, which is very exciting. Uh, they're still in um, talks and discussions at the moment about things. Um, so I am not sure if we have any dates about when things will be coming out, but we are really excited about the fact that Heartstopper will be made into a TV series. So yay! Happy dance! I'm really excited uh, to look forward to anything else that she produces. I've really enjoyed Heartstopper, and um, I will be picking up Solitaire very soon or as soon as I can. So I'm excited to read that. Awesome. I'm excited to check that out. And during Mallory's recommendation, she completely lost our audio of us, and she still powered through. Mallory, thank you so much. I can talk about her all I want right now, and she can't hear a thing. Mallory smells like poo-poo. See, no reaction. Oh my god, no, but we're not going very to delightful she's and delightful. She made a great recommendation today. So while we try to figure that out, Megan, I'm gonna let you give us your recommendations for the week first. Yeah, definitely. So my first actually both of mine are from Aftershock Comics. So uh good job, Aftershock Comics. You're doing good work, I guess. Um so uh the first one I'm going to be wrecking is called Nuclear Family. Issue number five is going to be coming out this week. And um, this is a series based on Philip K. Dick's short story, Breakfast at Twilight. Um, and first of all, the cover art, if all you do is go look at the progression of the cover art, it's very good. It's delightful and kind of spooky and uh, big fan. Set during Cold War era US. And um, this comic kind of explores what would have happened if the Cold War escalated to an all-out, you know, nuclear war. And it follows the McLeans, who are a family living in Wisconsin. Uh, when the first bomb goes off, it hits very close to their home. And so all of a sudden, they're finding themselves just in the middle of nuclear fallout. And as the story progresses, they begin to realize that they may not be exactly when and where that they thought they were. So it is... Described as Cold War era science fiction at its most timely and terrifying. I'm very excited about this. It's from Stephanie Phillips and it's illustrated by Tony Shastine. Issue number five coming out. It looks like a good one. Um, I've actually really been meaning to read this. And so I was excited that I got to wreck it. Um, so hopefully next time I'll have read some more issues and can, can tell y'all if it was good. It looks good. Okay. So the second one is, um, Phantom of the Scan, issue number three. Again, also from Aftershock. So uh, 20 years ago in the world of this uh, series, a comet struck Earth 
And after that, the main character, Matthew, suddenly found himself haunted by a spirit giving him psychic abilities. And so uh, whenever Matthew uses his psychic gifts, he and the other psychics uh, grow a little bit closer to death. And in an effort to save himself and the others, Matthew and a group of, I believe, six other psychics are um, trying to solve the mystery behind their powers before uh, before it's too late for all of them. So uh, I'm excited about that one. That's really cool. The last thing I ever saw or read about a group of psychics uh, getting together ended very poorly. Most of them were uh, killed by toys. So um, have you ever seen Puppet Master? Excuse me? You probably... It's a... That sounds terrifying. I don't know if I would describe it as good. It exists, and it's one of those weird, like... 80s horror movies up there with like reanimator and stuff like that i really like it ashley hates all of them (laughs) cool well i've only got a couple recommendations this week too you know it wasn't really a huge big week for me so one is a book called vinyl and it's from plastic creators doug wagner and daniel hilliard uh, and they return uh with eisner award winner dave stewart for an unsettling tale of psychopaths sweet love and a serial killer named Walter. When Walter's best friend, the FBI agent charged with his capture, is kidnapped by a death cult of all-female sunflower farmers, Walter finds himself deep within an underground labyrinth filled with secrets and (laughs) monsters. But are their monsters more horrific than his? This looks super, super trippy. It evokes you know, some, you know, old-timey government experiments underground. And honestly, there is an old Batman story um, where he encounters the Court of Owls, and they drug him, and he goes through a labyrinth. And it is one of the coolest issues of Batman I read by Scott Snyder, and it kind of evoked that for me, too. So this looks like to be a very mind-bending, psychological story with lots of stuff going on. I mean, his best friend is the FBI agent charged with his capture. Uh, The death cult is a bunch of all female (laughs) sunflower farmers. Um, And I'm sure there's significance to all that. So I'm really interested to see where this series goes. And that's issue number one coming out this week. Uh, Yeah, I was actually also going to wreck that one. And I saw that you were and I uh, was like, you know, you got this, but um, picked a different one. But um, it looks so good. Have you oh, seen yeah. some of the it's art? It's cool. The previous four are oh, very, very so creepy. great looking. I cannot wait. It's very bright. To pick this up. I wish James was here this week. Now I have to remember to tell him, like, hey, pull this for me. Because uh, I'm so yeah, bad about telling get uh, my shops to pull stuff for me. <laughs> the other thing that I want to recommend this week is actually a graphic collection coming out called DC Through the 80s, The Experiments. And I'm just going to read the synopsis for it. It was the 1980s were a period of great achievement and transition for DC Comics. One that introduced some of DC's all-time best-selling titles, including Watchmen and The Dark Knight Returns. For the first time, DC offers a retrospective of this monumental monumental decade in one collected edition. So it's going to collect Secret Origins number 48, Swamp Thing 40, Sandman number 8, Doom Patrol 25, Warlord 4855, The Legion of Superheroes 298, Nathaniel Dust number 1, Infinity Inc. number 14, The New Teen Titans number 16, The Best of DC, Blue Ribbon Digest number 58, Watchmen number 1, Camelot 3000 number 1, Batman The Dark Knight Returns number 2, Angel Love number 1, and The History of the DC Universe 
number one and two. I'm excited for this. If you are wanting to check out and dive into the history of comics and see where and see some of the most influential stories of the past 30 years, this is a collection to check out. You will see art and style, writing styles that have been emulated nonstop for the last 30 years in this collection. So if you're interested in that history and seeing where all that came from, this is a book to pick up. It's called DC Through the 80s, The Experiments. And yes, there are other collections too besides just The Experiments. So now I'm going to pass a torch over to Mallory and let us let her talk about, if I can get a hold of her, her recommendations for this week. I am really excited and I have, um, I think I've mentioned them before, but uh, The Old Guard, Tale Through Time, number three is coming out this week and it's done by image comics and it is the story is by eric i think it's troutman troutman and then the artwork is done by kelly sue deconic and valentine delandro and mike henderson and i'm really excited about this one because it's set in the 70s and uh there may or may not be an assassination involving the moon landing which sounds pretty interesting in my opinion. I also really like the art style of these. Um, that's just a really interesting series to me. Um, I've enjoyed uh, the Netflix series, The Old Guard. And so this is based off of that as well. And then this one I stumbled upon and just kind of drew me by the uh, description of it. And it's Homesick Pilots number six. And this is done by Image Comics as well. And this is Dan Watters is what I would say, but it may be Watters. It's W-A-T-T-E-R-S. And Casper Wingard is how I'm going to say that. And I'm probably butchering that as well. And I apologize. But I'm just going to read you guys what uh, the description part of it is. Is three months since a haunted house walked through Santa Manos. And now the U.S. military would like a walking ghost-powered weapon of their very own. Thank you very much. And that just kind of drew me because now I kind of want a ghost-powered house myself. Because that just sounds like fun to walk around and like, I don't know, Godzilla places with a ghost house. Just sounded interesting. And then uh, to kind of keep in, um, I guess, in line with Pride Month. And uh, Heartstopper, I guess I would say, kind of these fit into the same category. I, you know, have to uh, have to wreck a Webtoons comic that I've come across. And this one is called Boyfriends. And it is a slice of life um, about college in college of these four guys who decide to enter into a polyamorous relationship together. And it is, uh, it is really interesting, just very, very light and, um, light and, um, and silly and goofy. And I just really love the relationship in between the four of them. And very different dynamics of how that each of them kind of fit into the relationship. Uh, it is done by, you can say, Ref Rainbow, but I have a feeling that it's Ref Rainbow, but it's R-E-F-R-A-I-R-A-I-N-B-O-W. So I think it's Ref Rainbow. And um, it just came out, started coming out uh, April of 2021. And um, so it's not, it hasn't been going on for very long, but I've really enjoyed reading it. 
and enjoy the characters. It y'all are reading me out so bad. I don't like it that I can't hear y'all at all. And it makes me feel like y'all are just like bobbing to some music and I can't <laughs> hear it. I don't like it. Oh, I swear to Jesus, I something's know, gonna hit refresh. I feel so bad. Um, she can't. But hear uh, us. anyway, it's boyfriends. Fine. She's doing great. And I really like it. I like the art style. It is very colorful, which is a little bit um, off my norm. But the one of the four guys is definitely a goth, which makes me happy on the inside. A whole lot. And that's going to be it for us this week. Wesley, James, we missed you so much. I hope you have the time to listen to us this week. Everyone else, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tell all your friends. Make sure to leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And visit our social media to ask questions, join the conversation, make reading suggestions for us, and find out more about the books we talk about each week. That's been it for the VF Comics Podcast. We'll see everyone next week.